With your permission, we'd like to talk shop for just a moment. Hi, this is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to the Trans Advocate Podcast. Today, we have a couple of guests. We're going to try something new, um, kind of a group podcast. You want to introduce your introduce yourselves? Sure, I'm Robin Mack. And I'm Alexis. And I don't think we're guests. We're just sort of here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about what your history has been with the trans community? Sure, I'll go first. I, uh, about 2009, started teaching yoga at the Transgender Center here in Houston. And ever since then, stuck around for the socials, stuck around for volunteering, and now I'm currently on the board with the Transgender Foundation of America and the Houston Transgender Unity Committee. And just to be clear, um, the Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America. And Alexis? I've been around for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll start by saying, best I can figure, I sort of came out as trans, except we didn't have that word, in something like 1955. <laughs> I've been in trouble ever since, it seems like. <laughs> it's always funny to see someone new kind of like try to educate you about yeah, trans. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, there's sometimes I just shut my mouth because it's like, it's just not worth it. Really talking about Stonewall. And there was something that came up the other day on Facebook that was funny because I hadn't, I'd never thought of it. Someone was posting this thing that says, you know, what was the first gay bar you went to? Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about it. It was Stonewall. <laughs> I, I was way too young to go anyplace else. It was an illegal bar. Anyway, they didn't care. And I'm like, wow, this is sort of cool. That's a really good answer. Yeah, I rarely answer those things, but I'm like, this is what I'm going to answer. And nobody else posted after that. I win. Well, um, so before we go further, you want to take do the housekeeping. Um, you know, I know that we have some things coming up. The Unity Banquet, Unity those kinds of things coming up. I think this year's Unity Banquet is going to be interesting, and you know, it, it it's like the rest of this year seems to have gone not the way we expected it. <laughs> right. Unity Banquet was scheduled for. September, we were getting ready to go, and then it rained here in Houston. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Then it came back and rained again. That's and right. And, <laughs> and at the end of it, we weren't quite to the Unity Bank yet. Uh, half the city had been cleaned out fairly well, and the other right. half still yeah. filled with water. So, so it was a time when we looked at it, and we could have continued having the banquet. In fact, a couple of people thought we should because it would give people a break. And after thinking about it, we we're like, you know, nobody wants to get dressed up in formal clothes and go out to a banquet when they're no. having to muck out their house. Right. Like, no. It just isn't a good thing. So we decided with great pain, and it was very painful, we decided to move the banquet. And mm -hmm. uh, we initially moved it into November, mm -hmm. November 11th hotel booked it we were all good to go we published all of that information the hotel calls back and says oops we double booked <laughs> so the unity banquet is november 4th right i actually got the dates right i keep saying october some other people keep saying the 14th uh, one <laughs> of our speakers me. just told everyone it was the 5th but it really is november 4th. So, so this is just sort of going like the rest of the year has gone <laughs> so and, and i we have a bunch of really good speakers uh 
I'm not going to go into great detail on the speakers, but we have Mayor Pro Tem Cohen, who has been a strong I love her. Of, yes. of our yes. community forever, who's going to do our opening comments and those sorts of things. have no idea what she's going to say, because <laughs> we never do know what <laughs> the folks are going to say with that. Uh, then we have Fiona Dawson, who's coming in. That I don't know exactly what Fiona's going to talk about, but it'll be interesting. That I oh, I, I, she, I, she's been working on a trans documentary about trans folk in the military, and it's a really timely uh, documentary. So I think she's going to talk about her project there. Probably. She sent me a whole bunch of other stuff, too. I'm ah. like, sure, whatever. <laughs> go what's interesting to you. And then we have Gary, who's, or Carrie, whose last name I just forgot. Uh, Kristen? What was Carrie. Gary's last name? <laughs> oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Now, let me get my phone and go look it up. But, uh, at, at any rate, Gary is a uh, intersex person who also has transitioned so it's sort of interesting mm -hmm. and and Carrie has a really interesting background does a lot of research uh, is doing Costello Costello thank you I, I thought that was it but I wasn't sure and I didn't want to say that so so I think that's going to be quite interesting then mm. this year I'm always surprised by the awards we give. I'm not right. Tell you who's getting them this year. Yes. Yeah, you told me and my hair fell out. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense, but yeah. what? I like them. I think they're great. They are not what I expected them to do. And they are I want to see people. the audience's face. Like, when and, they, and everyone <laughs> eating, like, I want to see their face when they see some of these And most people will be there to accept them, and so they'll be saying some things. Oh, and, man, this is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a really interesting evening. So, what, this is like the first, second one that we've done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Over and over again. So, and and it, it's been funny recently. People are wanting to get you know, on the agenda or have certain things going in. And they're really worried about making sure that we know every little thing they're doing because we are so organized. Little do they know. We generally wing it. We do a run of show, and the moment we say, good evening, that goes out the window. That's right. The key is, we're really good at improvising. <laughs> and yeah, just keep it moving. And this year, we have Kevin Anderson as our MC. Yes. Mm. That should be very interesting, because so Kevin is, one of his uh, projects is the Truth Project. He does a lot of interesting things with the Truth Project. Mm. Oh, oh, man, that was fantastic. So, um, we have, uh, do we have, like, Day of Remembrance coming up? We do. Absolutely. I don't know the date, because it, it has been set, but then it was changed. That's right. <laughs> and, and oh, we need to talk to Moni about that. Yes, huh? I don't know what the new date is. <laughs> um, let me see if I have it. I, I definitely text her. She did need to go and see if everything was okay after the storm. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. I think that that area had a little bit of damage, but not much. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, if you didn't live in Houston, you would get the impression that the entire city was underwater. And right. Well, if you actually look at a map and you look at the areas that were flooded, it was a very small part of Houston. Mm -hmm. but, but the Houston area is like 150 miles across. That's right. And so you can have a whole lot of strips that are like four or five miles wide where mm -hmm. things flooded and still not flood much of Houston. Right. And, and I think that's what a lot of people don't get. And of course, the news never showed anything that was dry. Right, of course. <laughs> so the actual date is going to be November 18th. 
for the Transgender Day of Remembrance. The setup will start at 6, and the programming will start at 7. Cool. Okay. We're going to have a busy November. Yeah, no kidding. I'm actually excited to have the Unity Banquet closer to the Transgender Day of Remembrance because it's, you know, that, and then if you celebrate Thanksgiving or if you celebrate holidays or you don't have anyone to celebrate with, it's nice to have something positive right before this window of possible heaviness. Heaviness, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm promised that we'll actually check our direction signs this year for Day of Remembrance. Yes. Last year, I went, and it, it's a little bit hard to find, but we had signs out. And I started following the signs, and after making several turns with the signs, I realized I was back to the first sign. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful uh... circle. And then I had to check it again just to make sure I didn't miss a turn. And, and it turns out that one of the uh, volunteers had taken the sign where you're supposed to turn left and put it in facing the wrong direction. So it just kept us all circling for a while. But it worked out eventually. There's also a rail option close to the center now. So you can oh, take cool. that too. We'll find out which, which uh, routes to take. And then we've got the Monday night meeting happening, continuing. That the, the, the space wasn't affected by the flood, correct? It was not. They're yeah. still going. <clears throat> okay, so that's HTGA every Monday at 7.30, 7.30 to what, 9? 8.30? It's usually about 8.30 and then they go out to Empire afterwards and have Oh, okay. Cake. Empire Cafe on Monday night mm-hmm. has something to- totally horrible, and that is half-price cake. Oh, totally yeah. <laughs> and it's really good <laughs> <laughs> We need to get them to sponsor this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Empire Cafe, Montrose. (laughs) So uh, one of the things that we were going to talk about was the development of the Transgender Relief Fund. Um, And that has kind of been a very organic thing that happened. It was just an idea that we shared amongst ourselves. And we decided, wow, this sounds like a good idea and uh, a needed service that no one else was doing. And we just kind of did it, and it's kind of grown organically uh, to encompass various dis- disasters that are happening uh, throughout the country, um, in Mexico, et cetera. Florida. Florida. Y- you know, I think it was one of these things that after we came up with the idea that there was a need for it, it was raining, so we had nothing else to do. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's and, and true. it was still raining. <laughs> And that's the thing. While we're uh, organizing this, we're all like cloistered in our homes. My home, it was raining and the ceiling was literally falling down. But I had power and I had the internet. And so we continued to work on this. Yeah, and, and my house is fairly high, so I didn't have any water problem. <laughs> I did have a leak, but it wasn't a major one. But there's a lot of friends that are within about a mile, mile and a half who were very close to flooding. And so we were checking in regularly. Mm. With the idea that if they wait out a block, I'll pick them up. <laughs> they can just stay over here. We, we didn't quite get to that point, but there were six different pe- groups of people that I was like, okay, just tell me when, I'll come and pick you up. <laughs> I have so, a place that's pretty high up, and I just remember this message from Kristen saying, it depends on how much water I take on, but I might go offline, so just... Just be available for any interviews that need to happen. <laughs> any messaging that comes in, you know, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the street was really flooded. Um, it came up into the yard. The backyard was flooded. But where, where I'm at, 
uh, it didn't actually come into the house. It was just raining so hard that I, I guess it saturated through the shingles, came in through the, I guess, the, the attic, um, pooled, and then um, pieces of the ceiling came down. Yeah, you got a remodeling. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and I think where this came from, a week or so before uh, our wonderful little storm, Harvey, hit, Mm-hmm. A couple people were trying to get services from the state of Texas. And oh, right, right. There was an incident with that where the state of Texas decided to essentially enter a restroom, or state of Texas employees, security people, decided to enter a restroom and remove a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it was a really strange situation, and she's very well known in the community, put out a call for help, and had a lot of community <laughs> activists show Absolutely. I mean, it, it was like there were 50 videos of what was happening. So, you know, if we are having trouble when we have good IDs and we haven't had people losing their IDs, we were really concerned that our, our community was going to have a lot of trouble after the storm mm-hmm. getting access yeah. to the things that everyone else would have access to, the shelters, to FEMA, mm-hmm. to support from Red Cross, to support from some of the other centers, et cetera. This, this, is, this was a really big concern because even without the storm, and without mm-hmm. the problems, we had started to have some problems with that, with the state of Texas especially. And, and additionally, in storms past, whenever we've had people try to access supposedly safe space uh, to to ev- evacuate to, we've had issues where, you know, trans women were arrested and taken to jail because they used the bathroom. And this year was significant because we had SB4 and SB6. Those were state bills that were targeting so-called undocumented um, folks. Um, And then you have um, the other one, which was targeting trans folks. And if I understand that issue correctly, the employee, the, the, I guess the security guard, he thought the state of Texas, because he had heard about this bill, passed some sort of bill that was that had barred trans women from using the bathroom and therefore acted upon it. Yeah, that, and there's a question still about exactly who decided to act on it, whether it was one of the supervisors there or it was the security guard. Oh. And... and they all stopped talking after they figured out that there were videos of every report. They <laughs> and the people there were serious activists that you see on television. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, you know, it wasn't going to be dropped. So all of a sudden, everything went away and they started changing their stories and HPD got involved and they made some statements <laughs> that weren't correct. And the mayor got involved and the mayor's office got involved. And so this is all just before the storm. Right. And then it starts raining. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... So we were very worried about that. We wanted to start to try to do something so that we could have some funds available to help shortcut some of the things or fill in where they might mm-hmm. not be able to get, you know, assistance, et cetera. And so we started, we first called it the uh, Trans Harvey Relief Fund. Right. And about that time, we realized that there was another hurricane coming into Florida, and we're like, you know, right behind it. we're yeah. going mm-hmm. to help the people in Florida if we can, too. And at that point... You first have to start advertising it some and getting the word out, and then you have to go in and make sure you have ways of collecting the money and keeping track of it Mm -hmm. and all that. So we basically start coding and doing websites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was was pretty amazing that all this came from just an idea that we were passing around to 
having accounting stuff put in place, a website, like tracking various disasters within uh, different countries and, and reaching out to people. I remember um, I was sitting in my living room and at that point I hadn't been able to um, really take care of the ceiling portion that had fallen down. It was, you know, I'd been able to clean up the stuff that was on the ground. But I was sitting there kind of sending messages to folks in um, Puerto Rico, uh, various LGBT spaces that we had this fund available uh, and just to be aware of that before the storm hit. So, well, yeah. That, that was the first storm that hit Puerto mm. Rico that went up in mm. Florida, and then number two comes along and pretty much destroyed them. Right. And, and that. And, and the big thing was we needed to get the word out and that sort of thing. And we have done background type interviews and fact checking for mm -hmm. a lot of pretty major newspapers. And, and usually um, I don't let them quote me, but then sometimes I will. And so we, we were working with uh, some people from NBC News at the time mm -hmm. and I explained the fun. And so it went on NBC News and several other places <laughs> and they actually called some other funds and introduced us and suddenly we started getting lots of donations we were really <laughs> glad we had our website working and everything else right uh, totally so far we've had about 1900 donations <laughs> we wow. we aren't raising the millions of dollars that other groups are raising right but for the trans community it, it actually is really good and we're, we're getting a lot of really interesting connections and and information the approach that we're taking is we we first try to refer people. Mm -hmm. We try to make sure that if there is someone there that can give them funding, since we do have limited funding, that we direct them to it, we help them get it. We've had a bunch of people with the fact that we called Red Cross in Florida, suddenly they're okay even though they don't have IDs. They don't know who we are, but it just, right. I mean, right. we can be checked. You can go check us and we check out and, and all of that, you know. We, and, and that, you just mentioned something right there, that ID thing. I know that there, are, I, I know of certain providers within the community that receive funds. I'm not going to name names, but if you don't have your ID after a disaster, then you're out of luck. You can't get services. Exactly. And, and that's one of the big concerns in Florida. They were, if you needed an ID, they were charging, um, I forget what the amount was, but they were like charging to research it. and per document or something. Yeah, oh, and, God. And, and yeah. find your ID, then they were charging to reproduce it. And, and it was like the normal reissue driver's license fees and those sorts of things. Um, here in Houston, we started talking a little bit to the mayor's office about the fact that uh, that was a problem. And so then the county judge made a call to Department of Public Safety, and they showed up at the shelters and just started doing it. <laughs> and, and they charging for it or anything else, which was sort of neat. And, and so, you know, that's how we sort of got this started. Mm. We had a lot of people call and we would answer their questions and they were surprised and they would check us out and say, wow, you guys actually exist. <laughs> yes, we've been around it. for a long time. <laughs> and, and so it, it, it just pretty much grew. And so we changed the name after one day to <laughs> yes. Trans Disaster Relief, realizing that this wasn't going to be a, a one disaster, mm -hmm. one thing, because oddly enough, 
we're doing less, there's less need for it in Houston. Mm -hmm. What we found was there's less need in Houston than there are other places. And part of that is because for the last 20 years, we've been trying to straighten things out. When uh, they started opening up the various shelters, we started checking the shelters to see if they were discriminating against LGBT individuals and especially the TQI, the transgender, queer, and intersex. I have mm -hmm. to slow that down. Oh, I'm almost sounding like Trump. I'm not. And the cool part was that with the exception of one shelter, nobody cared. Right. And it literally was that. They didn't care whether, they didn't care what your immigration status was, your race, your sex, mm -hmm. your gender, your gender expression. They just didn't care. And that was the direction that came from our city and county government. Right. I think that's perfect. And I, I got to say, and that's, that's the result of many, many years of a lot of advocacy, a lot of political advocacy, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of introducing yourself. I mean, it takes a lot of time to cultivate that type of a reaction within a community. And also, I loved the fact that some uh, known names like got behind it right away, not just media sources, but... Um, trans individuals like Buck Angel mm -hmm. and they made calls for requests for people to get behind us so they use their platform to help community um, Scott Turner Schofield within hours you know right. they were doing this and that was really crucial because we're in a situation where you may need $500 to tie you over until your next funding comes in or your next paycheck comes in, or you may need a whole new house. Like, I mean, it's just a very mixed situation. All I knew in that moment was I just wanted, you know, when the water drained and it stopped raining, I wanted to be able to tell people that other people cared, mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes people even just wrote in saying, you know, sending love and that makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. That, that was cool. And we had a lot of businesses all across the country that were doing, we'll give you a percent of our profit for a few That days. was amazing. Yeah. I, I was just, I was just, uh, wow, that's amazing. And, and it, it really was. Now, as far as the people were helping, most of it, we've been able to find the things they need, either mm -hmm. locally or somebody other than us. We aren't going to have the money to build someone a new house. But right. what we can do is if they left, to you know, get out of harm's way, and they're stranded with no gas money. We mm -hmm. can get them back home and, and do stuff like that. Right. Is... I, I remember someone had posted their experience. They were stuck. Uh, what they <laughs> apparently they had fled Rockport, which is where the storm was hitting originally. Yeah. Oh, I, thought <laughs> you, I thought you were talking about the one that um, the the trans. Uh, women couple that fled from Rockport that ended up in the camp spot that they opened up. First they went to Dallas and then they ended up camping at the, at the campgrounds because those were very helpful. Yeah, northwest pa of Paula Dallas. Redding. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. These are, these are vets. And gotcha. these are trans vets, bringing it back, right? I guess to the union to make it, but these are trans vets that wanted to go back to help. Oh, and okay. We helped them with their gas money. We helped them with. They had an RV. They evacuated with an RV, so they had housing to actually drive back with, and immediately be of assistance. Cool. And and we've had quite a few people in the Houston area that literally need living money for a week. Right. Maybe two weeks. And mm -hmm. our 
our paperwork is actually pretty minor. You fill oh, out a yeah. form, tell us who you are, how we contact you, and what you need, <laughs> and we'll call you and talk about it. And, and, you know, the big thing about it is that we couldn't do forms that would ask all the questions we want, so it has to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we have had a few people that just for some reason didn't want to actually talk to us. <laughs> so far, they haven't received funding. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it, it's... It's interesting because the, the several people that I've talked to, I mean, Robin's done most of the calling. Yeah. I, I, I thought for. that one lady that kept changing her story in the same conversation, and I was like, well, just bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, some of the people that I've talked to are surprised that we don't need a whole lot more paperwork. And, <laughs> you know, the big thing about it is, we could spend hours and hours and hours doing paperwork and getting the paperwork and getting this and going back and forth. Or we could just give people who obviously need a little bit of money, the little bit of money. We that's right. And we go on with it. And, and that's the whole purpose of it. A lot of times, you know, we can find referrals for them. Mm-hmm. And we're building up networks with that in Florida. It turns out that the Red Cross, for a good while, if I would call, explain that we have somebody that just needs a few hundred dollars. If it was under $400, they just give them the money. Oh, and even in the moment we were able, like for people that called us and they said, okay, maybe our funds aren't a match for your funds or who could we help directly in the moment while mm. we were getting ours set up, they immediately donated. You know, like um, the Transgender Lifeline had um, money that they wanted to help people and they said, well, you know, we'd love to help people of color. We'd love to help people who are trans women and we'd love to help people that maybe aren't documented. And we, as we were literally setting up our website and fund it's like okay well then just donate directly to the trans latinas you know Mm -hmm. i mean i love that that's who we are as a community of like you know whatever it takes to support just here this is who needs it and it again it it takes years of cultivating those connections because you know we just know what anna's doing you know Mm -hmm. i mean but that didn't happen overnight you know and we keep those bridges up and i think part of it too is the the people who aren't in houston that don't know that directly the fact that it's really easy to check us out right gender foundation of america and we're totally open if they ask questions we actually answer their questions <laughs> and, and several of the people when you know their questions they'd be asking something about specifically how we were splitting our funds between these different sections i'm like i have no idea we'll have to see what the need is <laughs> and they were fine with that I, mm-hmm. I expected pushback but i didn't get it at all because that's a fact and and so the fact that we're vouching for them we can be checked out a lot easier than some of the other groups mm-hmm. and, that seemed to really, really help. I mean, I, I know <laughs> several times we were talking with other funding agencies who were just trying to decide how much they could or should or shouldn't do it. And we could give them our opinion because we pretty much know what's going on with it here. And they would say, yeah, that sounds good. And they just signed it off based on what we were telling them. Hmm. And that, that was the interesting part because I think we did way more funding that way than we've done just directly from us. But on the other hand, there's the little small funding needs that people have. And I say little, you know, up to $1,000 or something like that, mm-hmm. that we can just do quickly and get them started on their life. Yep. And the, the people who really need it are amazed that somebody will just hand them the money that they really need without right. a lot of stuff. And, and all of them have filed for FEMA and all of them have filed for the other stuff. It's mm-hmm. just going to take a while to get there. And in the meantime, they need fuel for their cars and food. Right. And one of the things that I love about having conversations with these people that have applied is that everyone that I've talked to said, I don't want to take too much. I know other people mm-hmm. are in need. Like that was one of the most, you know, uh, from from the tune of, 
the couple that was RVing back, they didn't want to take too much. They told me to the penny what it would cost for uh, the gas per mileage. You know, that, I mean, they just know these things, which I think that's better than me. And then I talked to a, a, a trans man who lost his house and um, has a, a partner with a kid. And, he, and he's like, you know, I just... I don't know what to say. I need more than gas, but obviously you can't buy me a new house. What do I say? What, like, where do I start? You know, because nobody expected this. But the neat thing about Harvey is one of the things I'm thankful for about Harvey is that this fund is now created because disasters aren't going to stop happening. Right. You know, but now we have something that we can keep going with and keep contributing to, whether it's, donating um to grow the fund or you know donating to help people in need it's just it's really amazing and i, I want to say you know as someone who was sitting there you know stuff happening you know the storm affected my where i live um it was really nice to see the response and to see people i mean as bad as it was it was just uh, I, I feel very grateful that I got to witness the community response that, you know, I want to help out and be there for others. And as you said, even the people who are taking advantage of the fund, they wanted to make sure that they weren't um, greedy, right. that they were being, that they were, Acting to ensure that they can still give to other people. Exactly. Take so much like exactly. That that is our community, and that is so amazing. And it, yeah, we had a record-breaking disaster, but I think we also had a record-breaking response. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really a bar that Houston successfully set high. And and I think one of the things too that it it, it's interesting because I I generally just sort of say yeah it rained. And that's what that, that's <laughs> that what rain, changed that everything. <laughs> you know, it, everything was going fine, and then it rained. <laughs> and we had areas here that had fifty-five inches of rain yes. in that period of time. And wasn't is, it really heavy? Like, didn't it? Uh, I I think you told me about a, a store a record where they reviewed the earth and it was two inches lower because of oh, how yeah. heavy it we, is. We had so much water pile up in Houston that the areas that flooded are actually uh, two and a half centimeters lower altitude they're going to flood more because yes. of the pressure of the water <laughs> and there's all sorts of stuff like that now, now the interesting thing too is that houston's never been a city that just sort of waits for everyone else right and and immediately people started rescuing people that mm-hmm. be rescued nobody said no you know a lot of places I, I, just, I just had this weird thing on monday morning like it was we were up late on saturday getting the fun started sunday there was still water and then monday morning i finally got to sleep in and people were tagging me on facebook saying you know rob mac do you have a kayak no do you have a boat no do you have a jet ski no is this some weird queer adventure checklist that i never went down like i was this before my first cup of coffee and and i turned on the tv and i realized people were out there rescuing people yeah. on their own you know i, I never and, i never considered that and, on my and resource again, list the city and county after people started doing that rather than saying oh you need to stay out etc cetera, etc cetera, the city and county said come on over 
Yep. Absolutely. I loved it when the boats with the big fans behind them. Uh, yeah. Someone said, oh my God, I spotted an alligator. And then I saw that. I was like, no one's in the house. They'll take care of it. Cajun ninjas. Yeah, it. my brother. Rich, what were they called? The Cajun ninjas? The Cane, Cajun Navy. Army. Navy. That's what it is. My, my brother, he called me up that night. And it was just such a Texas response. He's like, you know, my buddy had this surplus army transport vehicle, and we're going through the neighborhoods. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you go. <laughs> and, and, and that was just the norm. <laughs> I remember watching one guy on the news. They're like, well, they just bought this vehicle last week. It's like, okay. <laughs> and and didn't, weren't you able to talk to somebody right at the GRB that, right as they were opening up Alexis and, and just to see like how people would be taken care of. Yeah, like what, again with things, those connections, like we knew mm-hmm. somebody was actually yeah. there. One of the right things that we opening. did, you know, we wanted to make sure that in fact, I expected problems with people getting shelter, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so as soon as they started I opening wonder up, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so as soon as they started opening up the shelters, um, we know a lot of people who were volunteering and what we what we did was I reached out to the people that we know and asked them to go check. We asked them about the instructions they'd been given. Mm-hmm. We asked them to go watch the way they were checking people in and we asked them to look at the medical triage and medical facilities and those things at every shelter that we could find. Mm-hmm. And it turned out we know people that were volunteering at right. virtually all these shelters <laughs> that were perfectly willing to do this. And what we found was they were being told that don't ask any questions. If people need help, they need help. The triage people were 100%. If you need some assistance, if you've lost your medication, if you're in Or injured, hormones. That's right. Hormones or hormones. Their comment was hormones or medication. <laughs> Where else do we hear this? Like, come on, that's like Christmas, right? <laughs> right. And so... Uh, the, the approach that they were taking, like at George R. Brown and all the county and city shelters, was that you get triaged if you need something or you need medication replaced, you go mm-hmm. to the doctor and they just do it. And the doctors <laughs> were very clear that, you know, hormones are medication, period. That's they right. Don't really care. That was really interesting. We found one uh, faith-based uh, shelter that was discriminating. Mm-hmm. They were very picky about who was coming in. And the person that I was talking to who was saying, well, yeah, this one could be a problem, said, but don't worry, they've got about a foot of water and it's coming up fast. And then we right. them all to George right. R. Brown. Right. And so it's like, no problem. I was doing an interview with one of the GLBT bloggers that reached out to us, and he said, well, how many people have been turned away or discriminated against? And in the moment, we were still flooding, so I said, well, we'd have to get one to stay open first. You know what I mean? We're <laughs> right. literally still flooding. This is, I mean... What courage it takes to be in the middle of a disaster and prepare to help people afterwards. Like we were in the middle of our own disaster and already ready to help other people. Like that Mm. is just, that to me is just still baffling. You know, I mean, I could go on and on, but I think it also was the perfect time to do something. Right. Something else that was really interesting and uh, people come to the Unity Bank, but they'll hear a little bit about this too. We, we had, like other places, a lot of political activists mm-hmm. doing a lot of political activities. And right. We here in Houston had several groups that were coordinating with each other. They were terribly well organized. Quite literally, they could get a thousand people at a rally in a, you know hour or two notice. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
it was terribly it's been well that coordinated. Kind of year. <laughs> when they started opening up shelters and people were needing help, and even before the shelters were all starting to open, this group just sort of did a right turn and said, "Okay, we're forgetting politics. We need to help people." Hmm. The shelters had long lines waiting to volunteer. They had no <laughs> lines waiting to get in, very, very short ones. But the volunteer lines were really, really mm-hmm. long. They needed 100 people with these skills. They would be there in 10 to 15 <laughs> minutes because the same group that had been doing all of the political activism just sort of switched and said, nope, right now we need mm-hmm. to help people. And it, it was just amazing to see. I think there were some pictures that were posted that said, okay, here we have long lines. All of these lines are here to volunteer to help. I mean, stuff like that just, I, I mean, I, I'm, I want to like start crying just, uh, you know, looking at that kind of a response. It's just beautiful. And, you know, as bad as it gets, and I still have holes in my ceiling. And as, as crappy as that is, being able to be in the midst of something awful happening and seeing the response and generosity and uh, kindness was just beautiful. So it's also something that if you wanted to volunteer with, you could, you know, um, it's mainly done through email. You would be on a committee to support people and, um, you know, maybe do your own touch calls just like I have. That's a possibility if people wanted to do that. They can sign up through our uh, tfahouston.com website on our volunteer team. Well, um, let's see. We're, we need to wrap up. So um, let's see. What, what are, what's the date for the Unity Banquet again? November 4th. November 4th. <laughs> and, had and, memorize it. and is there a website? There is, unitybanquet.com. UnityBanquet.com. There's still tickets available, too. There are um, tickets available. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is the last three years, we've sold out multiple times and had to add extra tables. This year, we're a little bit slight, uh, lighter than we have been at this point, uh, but not a whole lot. And that's mainly because we've had the confusion in moving it. Right. Now, uh, and one other thing, I don't think we've even touched on this. At the Unity Banquet, we usually uh, do the scholarships. We hand out scholarships. Um, that Were we doing that this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh. the Unity Banquet is to raise funds to fund uh, HTUC, which is Houston Transgender Unity Committee's outreach activities. Mm-hmm. We provide scholarships for GOBT youth, giving preference to transgender youth. And then, and we provide at least one scholarship every year. Uh, since last year, we provided six. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know how many we'll provide after the Unity Banquet. Depends on how much money we. Raise. Right. It also pays for our Pride float and our Pride activities, and for the little tiny bit that we have to spend for DOR. Mm-hmm. So that that's what the funding is for, and uh, we certainly will do that again this mm-hmm. year. Uh, for the last several years, we've we've done more scholarships than we're committed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said November 18th for DOR, TDOR? Yes. And that will be at, what, the U, U of H, yeah? Yes, the, uh, the Collin Center. The, A.D. I, Bruce, I A. think. A.D. Bruce. Yeah, I mix up names. And, A.D. And Bruce Center. I'm not positive about that. That's where it has uh-huh. been. I don't think we moved it this year. And okay. people can check our TFA Houston website and our uh, Facebook pages or even our Trans Advocate page. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll make note of that, whatever you're following or subscribing to. 
we'll make sure that information and, and if it seems like we're running late getting all this information out well you, you know it rained a the couple months ago <laughs> that's right <laughs> it, reset time. it was like a, a doctor who a moment for a week or two <laughs> it's like time and space seem to change or something all right y'all thank you for being here any last thoughts Nope. Thank you. Just remember the websites. All right. Yeah, and share it. com will get you to everything. Unitybanquet.com will get you the Unity Banquet information and tdrfund.us mm-hmm. will get you to the TDR fund. And of course, the Trans Advocate, transadvocate.com. Mm-hmm.